For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos and Jamie Eisner. No Jake Arians today because he's in Paris. Yeah, lucky. Yeah, lucky dude hanging out in Paris uh, and suffering from that terrible Tampa Bay loss. So I think he, he needs an extra croissant in France to make himself feel better. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, though. Week 6 was a very interesting week. Lots of great storylines. Um, continued trends just from an overall NFL perspective. Uh, we're getting to that We're getting to that meat and potatoes part of the NFL season where you're right in the middle and you really, really start to learn a lot about who these teams are. We are going to absolutely destroy an NFL team on this podcast today because I am irate that I believed in them. And so is Jamie. And we got a couple of things that we learned in fantasy from week six. And obviously we will preview Monday night football, a big game between the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers at the end of this podcast. First thing we're going to start off here, though, is Sam Darnold's return, Jamie. Uh, Looks like, one, the Cowboys are fakers. Let's start there, okay? Fraudulent, fakers, Big time inflation from the first three games. I was hoping you were going to like rhyme there. Oh like yeah, fraudulent I wanted fakers. it bad. Fa- fraudulent fakers, uh, big time frauds. Okay, Sam Darnold comes back, gets a victory against the Dallas Cowboys. But from a fantasy perspective, Jamie, it's been a wasteland in New York up until this point. So now he's back. Robbie Anderson has a pretty good game. Jamison Crowder, Le'Veon Bell. What is your thoughts on this team now moving forward? that we saw what they look like with a much improved quarterback play. So we now need to reshift our expectations back to where they were around the second week of the season. Now that Darnold's come back and literally look like he hasn't missed a beat. That, you know, Robbie Anderson is in flex. Both Anderson and Jamison Carter are in flex consideration every week. You saw they had that huge, what was it, 96, 98, 90-something yard play, uh, yep. touchdown to Robbie Anderson in that game. You know, Jamison Crowder had how many nine targets in this game, caught six of them for 98 yards. Even Demarius Thomas looked spry, to use a word, uh, in this game. Darnold's going to distribute the ball a lot more. Uh, this was one of the games you were hoping to see Chris Herndon, but it's going to be a few more weeks, it looks like, before he's back on the field. Uh, was it Ryan Griffin? Yeah, that had hit. Well, he had a Ryan Griffin drive. He went 3 for 28 and a touchdown all on one drive. I don't think there's any value there long term, but you do like Herndon coming back. But this Jets offense is now a lot more competent. Think about what you thought about them before the season. Not a great offense, not a top 15 offense, but an offense that's competent. And he's going to look to target Jamison Crowder. He's going to look to get Robbie Anderson. And there's a point that Adam Gase made before the game, which I like and I agree with, that Robbie Anderson's been open a lot this year and nobody's been able to get him the ball. Yeah. If Sam Darnold's able to get him the ball, he is going to have these Deshaun Jackson-esque weeks where he's going to have these five catches for a touchdown or five catches for two touchdown type games. Overall, it's going to average out to wide receiver three flex territory, but he's definitely somebody that's worth starting, and he's been dropped in a lot of leagues, as has Jamison Crowder. 
I was hoping for a little bit better day from Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he was fine. He got in the end zone, 50, 50 yards on the ground. Only one catch. I think that turns around a little bit. But you have to feel a lot more confident in really all of these pieces. Darnold's not somebody you're considering in single quarterback leagues. But if you held on to him in a two-QB league, which you had to because you have to hold on to any starting quarterback in those formats, you're very happy to insert him as a QB2 most weeks. Now, he's got the Patriots this week, so eh. But. Yeah, not a, great, not a great week for him. Uh, we're going off this Fantasy Pros article that I found. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's on fantasypros.com. Seven things we learned. Uh, and I want to read this exact sentence because I want to prove a point that we, in fact, believe this. Because it was not necessarily a thought that everybody bought into. Who had Chris Godwin as a wide receiver one through the first six weeks of the season? Not me, period, on this. Well, we did. We loved Chris Godwin. Jamie's been on the Chris Godwin train for a very long time. And I don't think it stops. I don't think this is going to end. He's had an off to a hot start. Jamie, your thoughts on Chris Godwin so far? I mean, obviously we know that you like him, but do you like this? This Because it... You can't call it a hot start when it's six weeks. Six weeks is not a hot start. Two weeks is a hot start. Six weeks is what I think you're going to see for the rest of the season. Yeah, this this is what he is. And look, we were waiting for this to happen. This this wasn't a this wasn't a shock to us. I mean, there's a reason I'm trying. I'm, I'm going back right now to scroll to see where I had him in my preseason rankings. It feels like forever ago at this point. But um, you know, where do I have Chris Godwin here? But it's he was definitely my yeah he was in my top top 18 I had him as my wide receiver 18 and that was too low apparently to have him as a mid-level wide receiver too uh we expected him to get a huge target share we talked about this when Bruce Arians first got there even before way back on the old show where we didn't have the end it was just TD fantasy yeah and before Bruce Arians came out and said hey, we're going to use him in the Larry Fitzgerald role and we're going to want him to catch 100 balls and all that stuff that really propped up his fantasy hype we were talking about just the physical talents that he has in the slot. Adam Ham- Adam Humphreys not being there anymore, signing somewhere else, having uh, Bruce Arias come in and using him in that role. We said he's going to have a big season. The question was is whether or not this offense would be consistent enough to make him a true wide receiver one or if he would be a wide receiver two. He is the top option in this offense in terms of targets, in terms of production so far. It's not Mike Evans. Is he as talented as Mike Evans? I don't think so. He's as physically gifted in different ways. But he is the number one in this offense, and he is always going to be the one that is going to get better coverage than Mike Evans. Evans is going to take the Bradberries, the Lattimores, the, the other guys in this division, where Chris Godwin is going to have the opportunity where there are no real great slot corners in that division. He is going to get the opportunity to feast, even in games where the Bucks play badly. Yeah. And yeah, that's what we're seeing. For sure. And that's and definitely that's- what we saw. I was going to say, it's on definitely Sunday. what we saw on Sunday in London. Early, well, I was sleeping. Game. Yeah. you. Uh, I, wa- I watched the second half of that game. It, uh, we'll get to that game. Uh, we will get to that game. But yes, he can keep it up. I, he, I don't do rest of the season rankings. I just I do them on a week-to-week basis. But he would be undoubtedly inside my top ten for the rest of the season. Yeah, like, he's, he a wide, wide he's, a, he's a wide receiver one the rest of the way. Six weeks is not a hot start, guys. Two weeks, two, three weeks, six weeks is almost halfway through the fantasy season. Well, yeah, I mean, look, at this point, we're a th- over a third of the way through the football season in yes. total. Uh, look, here's we'll go back to a theme that we brought up on last week's show. When you start to see things that confirm what you've already suspected based on your research, that's how you know it's more real. Yes. When things Very come out of point. nowhere, it causes you to do further research. doesn't mean it's wrong or that it doesn't exist, but you have to do further research. When the things that you, you look at and say, okay, if this, this, and this happen – this player will be successful, and then all those things are happening, that's not a fluke. That is analysis, and you wait, and you're seeing the hypothesis play out for you. 
That is what's happening with Chris Godwin. That's what's happening with Cooper Cup. That's yeah. what's happening with these guys that we have talked about all year. Of they just need to do, they just need to show us that they can do this for more than one week, and we'll be there. This yeah. is not, this is not a fluke scenario. No, not a fluke scenario at all. What I think is a fluke scenario was the Stephon Diggs game that happened this week against Minnesota. The question here is, can we trust this game by Stephon Diggs? I think it's less about Stephon Diggs, and it's more about the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles have the worst secondary that I have ever seen start in an NFL game. How Rasul Douglas continues to be a starting cornerback in this league is... Now, again, I understand your best options are then like Sidney Jones, but... He just got beat all over. The, I, I love the the point of the field where they moved him across to cover Thielen. Like, that was going to help. Yeah. Like, you guys can't stop anybody. That secondary is atrocious in Philadelphia. I thought it, I thought it was them and the Jets. I think they passed the Jets for how terrible that yeah, secondary is. They're they're horrible. I like seeing Stephon Diggs get involved in the offense, right? It will, it will quiet what we've heard, right? A lot of these rumors about Diggs and the team. But the facts remain. I, I, I still don't believe in Kirk Cousins, okay? I still don't believe that this offense has had this like revolutionary turning moment, okay? Because I've seen this this season already. I have seen this offense look really good. Go watch week one against Atlanta. They did the same thing at home. Well, and, and they learned that Atlanta can't stop a high school football that's, team. And that's the point. When you face, when you put this team up against a competent defense, they don't do this, period. That is not what you see. Now, that doesn't mean I started Kirk Cousins in fantasy this week because I knew this was going to happen. I knew because I've watched Philadelphia, and their secondary is garbage. Do you believe in Stephon Diggs moving forward? Obviously, this game is not going to happen again. He's not going to no. replace this game again. So this was a fascinating game. If you, if you watch, just watch Stephon Diggs because, yes, he got open deep. And, by the way, he had another one where he was wide open. Yes. And, and Kirk Cousins missed him. But then he also had a lot of just – brutal drops. The one interception that Cousins threw was hit Diggs in the hands and in the face and then bounced up and then into a Philadelphia defender's hands. He had another one near the sideline that hit him right in the hands. He just dropped it. So he had these weird games where he's had the dropsies a lot the last few weeks. So I'll give a little inside tip to our TDN Fantasy Podcast listeners. My rankings go out on the Draft Network on Tuesday morning. You'll see the tweets pretty much starting at 8 a.m. Eastern. But a lot of times I'm able to get them done depending on my work schedule on Mondays. So there's not guaranteed to be up there Mondays, but if you check on Mondays, you ha- they won't be on the front page. You have to go to the Fantasy tab on uh, on the DraftNetwork.com. Go to the Fantasy tab. You might see my rankings on a Monday. That's a yep. little tip. Uh, so if you look at it today, which I did have a chance to get them done before our show, I have Stephon Diggs as my wide receiver 21 this coming week. So that's me not really buying it. He's still startable. He's a low-end wide receiver too, but... I'm not fully buying in yet to it because he's going to have up and down weeks. He's still the number two option there. I still think this team's identity is to run the run the football. But what the Eagles do really well is they stop the run. Yeah. What they don't do well is stop any passing game. So you're starting to see this, and, and we'll get into that with the Bucks panthers game. There's a reason why you have to formulate that. It's because if you can't run the ball effectively – but, man, you could throw it all over them. Why would you run the ball? Yeah, and and you saw it because Dalvin Cook did not have a down game yeah. for what we've seen from Dalvin Cook. But that's because Kirk Cousins had so much time in the pocket. He had the opportunity. There were so, I mean, I, at one point I looked up and I think every receiver was open. I'm not joking. There was not, there was not one receiver on the team that did not have two or three steps of separation against that secondary. Yeah. Maybe he, Laquan Treadwell, because I don't think he's been open since he's yeah, been in the NFL. Yeah, they, they are just 
the Eagles secondary is bad. It's it, it's the worst in football. I think. Here's a here's a tip for you, Philly fans or Philadelphia fans. You better get you better start blowing your GM up and your head coach to get on the phone to get Patrick Peterson out there in that secondary because that team is not winning anything with that secondary because Kirk Cousins is not the best passer in the league and that's what he did against you. No, and you have a massive game next week in Dallas. Huge game. And if Amari Cooper is healthy enough to play in that game, you have Cooper, you have Michael Gallup. They're gonna gash that defense. One hundred percent. If you want to be a Super Bowl contender. You're going to have to stop the pass at some point because even let's say you get through the NFC, you're probably dealing with Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or somebody of that caliber. You got you, The Eagles aren't built to put up 40-plus a game. They aren't. No, the NFC East is uh, bad right now. We'll get more into that when we get through this list. Uh, Lamar Jackson getting it done on the ground. He has consistently become this guy who can just – Listen, we knew the offense was going to change, right? We Jamie called it. He showed you, okay, this is the schedule early on. Everybody's going to feast in Baltimore, and then things are going to change. The thing that hasn't changed is Lamar Jackson from a fantasy value because he is still putting up huge numbers, Jamie. He's just doing it differently, and I think yes. this is what you can expect. I, I, look, he's legitimately a top-five quarterback in fantasy. Like that, That's where, he, for the rest of the way, I mean, like he's obviously, like I think he's the number two right now in yep. points, but maybe number one, I have to go check, because Mahomes hasn't been awesome the last couple of games. But this is how he's going to put up points now. He is He's back to this kind of inconsistent passer. He's fine. He's not a bad passer, but inconsistent. Uh, he still doesn't have enough weapons. They're like, I like Hollywood Brown, but he's banged up. He's been banged up his, this entire rookie year so far. You know, Willie Sneed is not a startable type of player. And somebody, Miles Boykin's not – like, so he has these pieces, but – and 8,000 tight ends that they have there. But he's going to run the ball because he has the ability to run the ball because they are worried about him going deep. They are worried about different elements. And if you watch him, he's an unbelievably effective runner. Like like for a while there, we talked about like Kyler Murray being a very ineffective runner. He's gotten better the last few weeks. He's finally kind of learning. As he's starting to learn NFL defense, he's learning to find out when these opportunities are. But Lamar Jackson is so quick, so agile, and he knows when to make those moves. And the defense respects his deep ball enough to say, okay, we have to – protect against that so he's still going to put up points it's going to be different i don't expect these 300 300 passing yards three passing touchdown type games to come very often if at all anymore but if he's running for 100 plus yards on the ground who cares yeah it's like he could basically do what josh allen did the last six weeks of the season but just for the whole season this is where josh allen did it for six weeks and i don't think it's going to change i don't think it's going to change i think this is consistency at its finest and this is you just saw what he's been able to do and how he evolved right depending on the defenses that they're playing but this isn't going to change he's going to be a top five guy I, i didn't really think that that would change i just knew that they would have to formulate this offense a little differently depending on who they were playing, obviously. Uh, Tyreek Hill is back, yes. and he looks like Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know that we need to spend much time on this, but yeah, I guess you saw the injury. You maybe had a little bit of a concern, but he's right back in that offense. More so, Jamie, how does that impact all the other pass catchers? Because you know he's going to go back to Tyreek Hill. Now. Yeah, like he's the top five receiver every single week uh, going forward, which is this where I had him in the preseason, where I had him last week, it's where I have him this week, it's my wide receiver five. Uh, I you don't really want any of the other pass catchers, aside from Travis Kelsey, of course, uh, because I don't know. Like, yeah. Sammy Watkins might be back this week, but Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins. Like, I'm, I'm just going to continue to die on this hill. Of that. Sammy Watkins is never going to be a thing. Never. We're just going to have to deal with that. It's okay. We'll have to come to terms with that on our own time, but it's not going to happen. You know, Demarcus Robinson's going to be on the field, and he might get one or two opportunities a game, but he's not going to have a major role. My argument is the number three pass catching option on this team is whoever running back is in the game at the time. Yeah, and they trust point. a lot of guys. They mm-hmm. trust Sean McCoy. They trust Daryl Williams a lot, which I know really has to annoy Damian Williams owners who got two K 
count them, two touches this week. Two. Two. Now, one of them was in the end zone, but two. It's not a lot. It's not good. Third round pick. Second round pick. Two touches. Yeah, it's not uh, good. Yeah, you don't want a touch per round. That's, that's unless you know. Yeah. But uh, it's not great. But they trust all these guys. I mean, Daryl Williams had that 52-yard catch up the sideline. Like, they, they, they threw him and been back in the end zone. The ball was overthrown. But they trust their backs. They don't need to use a lot of wide receivers. So... I really don't feel – if I'm a Miko Harmon owner or – I mean, you're not dropping Sammy Watkins, but if you're a Miko Harmon or a DeMarcus Robinson fantasy owner, if you want to keep him on your bench, sure. Uh, I don't think you need to anymore. They're yeah. easily droppable for another better option that you have on your waiver wire because, again, you have four teams on bye this week. You're a couple weeks away from that big six-team bye week. Yeah, you got it. I have Robinson. Use your on. options. Yeah, I'm, I'm – with Tyreek Hill back, I saw what the offense looked like and what I expected it to look like when Tyreek Hill was, was healthy in this offense. So – I don't, I don't feel comfortable with really anybody else except the guys you mentioned, the running backs, right? You, you're going to have to you have to, it. You have to keep, I mean, you don't have to pick up Darrell Williams, but you, you, if you have McCoy, you have Damian Williams, you have to kind of figure out. I don't know. Like, I have Damian Williams, I think, in my – where do I have him right this week? And wherever it is, I don't like it. I just I, – because I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, because you, you, you can't guess at what's going to happen here. You like Tyreek Hill and you like Travis Kelsey, but past that, you're yeah. in a guessing game with the rest of this offense because that's – it's who Mahomes wants to go to. I'm not saying Sammy Watkins isn't going to have a big game. He probably is going to have, have a, big a big game. I just don't know which game good it's going to be. Yeah, yeah good, good luck figuring it out. Yeah, good luck figuring it out. Uh, it's it's going to be a guessing game, and trying to figure out what Andy Reid wants to do is good luck with that. I, I Damian Williams, my RB22 going into next week. I, I don't know. Like – you might have better options, but I doubt – as you start to get into bye weeks, I doubt you have three better options or four better options if you play in a two-flex league. Like at some point, you're kind of stuck with it. Like yeah. you're just figuring out that, hey, look, if you're talking about touchdown probability, there's no offense you would rather be attached to than, uh, than Kansas City. So if you're going to take a risk in a flex spot, you're going to take a risk with like a Tyrell Williams or you're take a risk for with a Damian Williams. Who's more likely to get in the end zone? Well – you have to say it's Damian Williams yeah, most weeks. So. 100%. Yeah, 100%. It uh, sucks. It's, it does suck. Does I'm a Damian Williams owner in the, the TDN Fantasy League that I'm getting smoked in. Yeah, poor, it's just, it poor just, Jamie. I wasn't first, gonna, I wasn't first round pick, injured, missed multiple weeks. Second yeah. round pick, injured, and both his quarterbacks are both starting and backup quarterbacks injured. Remember, for a third round pick, injured, missed multiple weeks. Yeah, it's, it's not going well. It's not going well. I've got well. nothing. It's, got, it's not going well. Uh, I'm weathering the non-Saquon, non-Wayne uh, Gallman storm. Uh, back, getting my way back into things. You'll in be fine. It looks like you'll be fine next week. Yeah, it sure does look like that. All right. Uh, Kyler Murray is an every week starting quarterback moving forward. He is one of two quarterbacks with 16-plus fantasy points in each week that he has started. The other one being named Patrick Mahomes, Jamie, do you agree with that statement? I do. And this is the part where we talk a lot about things we're right on the show because I think we're right a lot. But I, was, I was wrong here. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was wrong, wrong on this one. Nope. And and I, I've, I've kind of come off that a little bit. Now, I still don't think he's a top five play like some people were talking about. But now this would be the fourth consecutive week that I've ranked him as a QB1. And I think three of the last four, he's been inside the top ten. I have him at QB7 this week going into New York against the Giants. The, the sheer volume in the passing game is helping a lot. He's throwing the ball a ton, and even though it's not a lot of deep balls, not a lot of creativity, uh, it's working. He's now running the ball way more effectively. If yes, wa- he is. Huge difference from you, the beginning of the season. If you've watched every Cardinals game and you saw the first couple weeks, he was hesitant to run, didn't know when to run, and was getting caught at or behind the line of scrimmage very often. Now he's not hesitating. When he knows that he sees a lane or there's design runs, he's not hesitating. He is going full speed, and he knows where to go with the ball, and he's looking very good there. The other aspect that I really, really like uh, about Kyler Murray, if you like going forward, is this team has been abysmal in the red zone. Yes. They have been awful. If they get just a little bit better, 
a little bit better there. I think they're converting at like a less than a 40% touchdown rate yeah. inside the red zone. If they get a little bit better there and Christian Kirk comes back and that's going to help and he might be back this week, then there's the opportunity for him to stay up there. And I think that's where he can solidify himself, maybe even in the top eight for the rest of the season. If they just get a little better in the red zone, uh, I'm excited to see a little bit more progression. I like the creativity on that David Johnson touchdown catch. Yeah, I like, love that. Because for the first few weeks, they were literally just going five wide inside the five, and then everywhere was doubling Fitzgerald. And then they were just trying to throw screens and tight end screens and inside screens and bubbles. And everyone knew what they were doing because they ran the same three plays inside the five every time. They're, get, they're opening that up a little bit more. As he gets, as he's more polished, I imagine he's going to be able to run the ball a little bit more, especially if they do. I mean, if you watch that Seattle-Cleveland game, you watch on back-to-back drives what man coverage inside the ten will do when the quarterback can see and make that make that adjustment and run up the middle. You saw the Daniel Jones play a few weeks ago in, in his first game. I will. I expect Kyler Murray to start being able to look for that. Uh, if they do spread the field like that and they do play man-to-man, there that he's going to look to run up the middle and in the gap where that is vacated by the linebackers. So. I expect him to continue to play as a QB1 and stay there for the rest of the season. And I was wrong about this. I did not expect this. Uh, it looked like I was going to be right early on, but the volume and the way he's progressed over the last few weeks makes me a lot more confident in having him as a starting quarterback going forward. Yeah, I'm actually – I take one on the chin here, right? This Overall, Kyler has looked a lot better uh, than I expected him to. He's uh, the first quarterback in Super Bowl era to have 20-plus completions in each of his first six games. Listen, this you're if you're a Cardinal fan, real quick, right? Because we're in Arizona, so we'll love. This is a good sign for you because this offensive line is not good, and they don't have a lot of weapons. And he's doing this, so the hope is you can get better, right? You add your best defensive, arguably your best player on your roster back this week in Patrick Peterson. You get Christian Kirk back. I'm not saying this season you're not going to win a play. You're not going to go to the playoffs. No, it's no, not no, about no. winning. But it's about looking better, right? It's about young, making progression. Yeah. And those things are happening, which is a good sign if you're an Arizona Cardinal. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know how long Peterson's tenure is going to be in Arizona, whether it's the rest well, of the season, whether it's multiple seasons, whether he gets traded the deadline. I don't know. I don't imagine he gets traded this season, but it's possible. I, I'm not sure we're going to see any of these guys. I don't know if him or A.J. Green or any of these guys or Emmanuel Sanders are going to get traded. Uh, San Francisco should call about all of them. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll see about that. But but it, there is some encouragement going forward. You have to fix the offensive line. You have to fix your, your defense. It's 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 needs a lot of help. But I know, look, Atlanta's defense is brutal. But you do got to give the Cardinals a little bit of credit where they protected Murray very well in that game. Now, yes, they did. Then they play any competent defense, which I'm not sure to play a competent defense this week. They'll play a competent scheme. That James Mitchell will have it schemed up. But I don't think the Giants defense is anything special. Uh, you might you got to give them a little credit for doing that. But look. Things aren't going to get worse for Kyler. There's a lot of room for improvement in terms of just the scheme and the pieces around him going forward. So you have to be more confident. I don't see him, aside from getting hurt, I don't see him dropping off precipitously. No, the only weeks where I will have him, I haven't looked at, but I know within their division, when they play the 49ers, yeah, he will I, not be inside my my top 12. Probably not. Yeah. Unless they play him in that 16 bye week. Like, yeah, it's going to be it's, weird. Uh, those, those will be some tough matchups for, for that football team. All right, the last point here we're going to get into is – the Marcus Mariota era may have ended for the Titans. And we're going to throw Jameis Winston in there as well. Uh, let's talk about Mariota first yeah. because we I, – I don't want to speak for Jake, but I know where he lands on this. Has a lot more faith in Jameis than we did in Mariota coming into this. And that's because – Not by a lot. Not by a lot. I had more faith in the situation more than I had Correct. faith in the quarterback. Correct. And the weapons and the talent, whereas if I could combine some of the – characteristics of Mariota with Winston I could probably create a perfect quarterback but separate as they are right now uh we haven't seen a lot from Mariota and we talked about this team going into it saying listen 
when they make the change, there might this team will probably be better. I don't know that that's the case, but they are cannot be offensively probably any worse than they have been with Mariota, Jamie. The reality is, is it's not like Ryan Tannehill is a great quarterback. No. So this is not a situation where Ryan Tannehill is going to turn the season around. And if they even go to him, I'm not convinced that they're going to fully make that move yet. But we'll see if they do. The reality is, is we're looking at the last season for both of those guys as the starters for their teams. And, and I don't think that shocks anybody. This was kind of the thought process. I think we were a little bit more confident that Jameis might have a chance because if he had some success in the system, the, the gunslinger uh, with Bruce Arians, that he might get a chance going forward. But the reality is both these quarterbacks have been given five full pretty much years of starting. Yes. And have shown us next to nothing and in some ways have actively hurt their teams by just by being on the field. They've given you below replacement level production at the position. So you have to kind of look at this team going forward. And if you look at Tennessee uh, – I, I would compare them a little bit. I know there's different weapons there, but I would compare them a lot to what Carolina's doing right now. Sometimes you just need a guy that doesn't make mistakes at quarterback and doesn't do anything flashy, the Kyle Allen method. And, and you have a really strong defense. You are extremely well coached. You are in ball games that you shouldn't be in. You have a, you have a running back that – but Derrick Henry, who I've been very critical of, has been playing a lot better this season. Yes, he has. So you have a really strong running back. Your offensive line needs some work, particularly in the pass blocking area, but – you're a strong running back. You have a really strong defense. You're well coached. You need your quarterback just to not be a liability for you. And and there have been games where Mariota comes up and he hasn't been a liability, but more often than not that he is. And it's not the same way Jameis is. Jameis is a liability because he'll turn the ball over 18,000 million yeah, times. Yeah, different liability. Mariota will t- has never seen a sack he didn't want to take. So they're, there's just, they're, they're different, but the Titans are a competent, I'm not saying a top 10 quarterback, a competent quarterback away from being a perennial playoff team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a lot of holes on their roster. They yeah. need to be an offensive show. They need to be a little bit what with what the Cardinals were when Bruce Arians first got there. They built the defense around, but they didn't have an awesome defense right away. That defense really took a step down in those end of the Ken Wilson Hunt years. Uh, that, that defense really took some steps back before yeah. Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles got here. So they're going to need a quarterback that can t- take advantage of having two of the best wide receivers in football, a really talented tight end that is just not being used very often, and by the way, not getting open. So it's, it, there's, there's mutual issues there. You have a young running back that is showing flashes of success. You have a piece or two on the line, but you need a lot yeah, more. Yeah, you need a lot more on that line. You have a good, you have a good front four, but your secondary is terrible. But like, so you're going to need to be in these shootout games unless you just have, pull a complete 180 in your secondary overnight. You need a quarterback that's going to be able to do that, and they don't have that right now. And I'm not saying – and neither of these teams are going to be bad enough, I don't think, to get one of these top two or three quarterbacks. So it gets interesting. Do they trade up? Do they make another move? Do they take a chance on someone in the middle? Is this where Jalen Hurts in one of these spots? I don't know. But I, I imagine at this point, Jameis is going to start after the bye. I don't know if Mariota is going to start next week. Regardless, I don't think either one of them is the starting quarterback for any team in the NFL next year. Yeah, I, I... – <laughs> I agree. I, I thought that maybe I had more faith in the situation for Jameis, right? It, it was less about Jameis and more about the situation. But I have said this from the very beginning. If Bruce cannot make it work for Jameis, it's just not going to happen for him. And, and well, this is a perfect transition into this game that we'll talk about here is this Carolina-Tampa Bay game was ugly for Jameis. And I, I look at the stats and you see – the passing yards and the attempts for Jameis and and where they were in this game, obviously a much different game than the game that they played in Carolina on Thursday night. Uh, this team overall big big gaps on the line, right? You need you need help there. 
But Jameis doesn't do himself any any favors by throwing just mind-numbing picks. That that's the case too. It, it, it's just it's not just the interceptions; it's when, it's how, it's the decision-making process in those interceptions. You know, look, and to your point before we go deep into this game, the real a big reason why we had a lot of faith is if you have to go back in your not your way way back machine, but a little bit of the way back machine. Remember how people talked about Carson Palmer yes, following his Raiders point. day? Yep. Like people have to remember that. You didn't jump from the Carson Palmer that was like a top five MVP candidate that one huge year where he just got Kimo Van Olhoff and, and his leg exploded in the playoff game. Like, you were talking about a guy that people thought were done, threw mind-numbing interceptions, looked like he didn't want to be there. Was he? Did, did, could he run an offense by himself? What a scam to get out. No, like, Carson, they were talking about Carson Palmer a lot like talking about James Winston. They talked about Carson Palmer at the time like Jay Cutler, guys. That yeah. was the comparison. I'm telling you because I remember. That yeah. was the exact comparison because the two jobs – that Bruce Arian was up for was Chicago and Arizona, and he interviewed for both. And I am still fully convinced that he could have changed Jay because he changed Carson, and they were the exact same guy. Yep. Exact same guy. Now, the difference I can tell you because I've been around Carson and I've been around Jameis, Carson has all, was always and has always been a pro. Right. Well, he's also a student of the game, I think. 100%. And, and, he, and he learned that more later in his career. Correct. And that is has been the big knock on Jameis is he is talented. But the decision-making, when you're talking about year five, you just – you got to be better. Yes. You, you have well, to be. But, I, yeah, but to, your, to, be. to your point, this was the discussion, and people might forget. Go back and look at the stories that were written about Carson Palmer before mm-hmm. he was Ring of Honor Arizona Cardinals Carson Palmer. Very different yes, story. How he forced his way out of Cincinnati, and he was this, and he couldn't play anymore, and uh, you know, and what they get, I mean, like two first round picks for him, yes, I believe the Raiders yes. did, and the Cardinals went for like two sixths or something. It was very, it was this whole thing. But the difference is, Winston isn't as polished of a thrower as Jay Cutler is. He's not a student of the game like Carson Palmer is. So he's kind of in this middle spot where he's talented enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL everywhere but upstairs. Yep. And until and honestly just again I haven't met the person I'm not I can't talk about him as a human being. But from the outside looking in and all the stuff we talked about, I'm not I think that element carries over into his real life as yeah. well. Uh, that's all I'll say about that without meeting the guy in person, but uh, look, the reality is is they're going to need better options there. You threw 400 yards, that's that's nice. A lot of it was garbage. Five interceptions, you fumbled twice, you lost one, you turned it over on the first play of the game. Like it's hard to evaluate any of the players in this game because uh, from the Tampa Bay side, like on the running side, how can you run the ball when you're turning the ball over so much? Like, I, I, I don't know what to do with Ronald Jones. I know Ronald Jones gets in the end zone. He's probably the only Tampa Bay back you need to keep on your roster yeah. at this point. You could probably drop Peyton Barber. Godwin got his. Evans got his. But, like, this is what's going to happen where this garbage type stuff, I mean, they all count. The points all count. But Jameis might finish the year as a top 12 fantasy quarterback, but it's going to be up and down, up and down, big games, and then games like this. On the Carolina side, look, McCaffrey for the second straight game against Tampa Bay struggled on the ground, but he gets two touchdowns, so that saves his day there. Uh, nice to see DJ Moore with seven catches because he really hasn't been targeted a lot with Kyle Allen. Allen does enough with the two touchdown passes here. We're going to talk for a while. These Both these teams are on by this week, so we can probably avoid it, but we've already the, – the Cam Newton-Kyle Allen QB controversy is already starting. Um, the reality is – and here's my opinion on this. If Cam Newton is 100% healthy, he should be the starter of the team. If Cam Newton is as banged up, and I, and I don't just mean from the carnage, I mean the shoulder. Yeah. If he is as banged up or, or he is as less as, only as confident in his shoulder as he was when he was last on the field, then Kyle Allen needs to be the starter. 100%. That's the line for me. Yep. I, I'm in total agreement. Cam Newton was not the same quarterback 
when he started this football season in 2019. He was not. And unless he is what we've seen in years prior, where he's fully healthy, fully confident, fully ready to be out there, I don't think there's what has Kyle Allen done that proves that he can't get the ball, get it done. He's doing, he's doing everything you need him to do. And unless Cam is 100, and I mean without a shadow of a doubt, 100%. Not he tells you, you see it with your eyes, 100%. Yeah. There is no reason he should be in a football game. And actually, Kyle Allen, this is a luxury. That Agreed. Yes, Cam Newton's going to be their starter at some point this season. You don't need to rush him now. You're 4-2. Your division is, I mean, again, the Saints are still there, but like the Falcons are a non-factor anymore. I think the Buccaneers are trending to be a non-factor anymore yeah. in terms of the postseason, right? And the NFC is wide open. So at this point, you have been afforded this luxury of saying, okay, we need to give this a shot because Cam Newton from the end of last season to this season was not the same person, not the same quarterback on the field. So how do we, let's get him 100% healthy because we have this year and we have next year on that contract. Let's get him 100% healthy and see, is that all he needed? Did he really just kind of need a year off? To heal. Basically, which nobody or need a month off or two months off to heal. Now we can see that if he does this and he still struggles, then you know, okay, we need to look. I mean, they're already probably looking beyond next year for their future quarterback, but we need to look really closely at that spot. Or you might find out that you know what, we have another year and a half of this guy that maybe we can try to do something in this window before we have to start looking about drafting a quarterback again. Yeah, and trust me, Ron Rivera is coaching for his job, everybody. So he's not going to put Cam Newton in there if he doesn't think Cam Newton gives him the best opportunity to win. And I don't think Ron's going to – I think Ron knows that if Cam's not 100%, he's not going to put him out there. There's no reason to at this point. No reason to rush, no reason to get him out there. Uh, This next game I wish we could just gloss over uh, for a lot of reasons. One, because unless we were talking about tanking and how you can do it in the NFL, there's not a lot to discuss. But the Redskins win a football game. Congrats. 17-16 17-16 against the Miami Dolphins, who made their best efforts to lose that football game. I, I don't know who two. said it. Uh, I want to give them credit for it, but someone said this when the Dolphins went for two at the end. They said, oh, it looks like they went for Tua at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. It's, there's not much to talk about here from a fantasy perspective, from a football perspective. Uh, Jamie, any any thoughts here? One thing, Terry McLaurin yep. is a star. It's the only thing. Uh, that's, that's, he's an every-week starter. He's either a wide receiver three or flex. Some weeks he'll be up in wide receiver two territory. That's really the only takeaway here. Peterson had a nice game, uh, but it's only because they don't play defense in Miami. Uh, I don't think there's anything there going forward. I agree. All right, moving on. The New Orleans Saints get a victory 13-6 to against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, for those counting at home, Teddy Touchdown is now 4-0 and and undefeated for this QB new- controversy? Yeah, haha, a QB controversy. <laughs> At the end of the day, these games are not pretty. Uh, a lot of these games, they squeak out victories, but at, it, wins are wins, and that's all that matters. And this team is 4-0, and and Drew Brees is probably, we're talking about two or three weeks away from coming mm-hmm. back. We looked at the schedule and we went, if they go 500, they're fine, well, right? They're above it. They're above 500. <laughs> they're 4-0, and and this team looks like they're well on their way to winning this division. This, this is the incredible value of investing in a strong backup quarterback. And, and this is what... I'm not, I, I don't want to say save the season because that's maybe a little bit too dramatic, but a lot of times you see good teams, they lose a starting quarterback for a six or eight week period like that, and they just they fall so far behind that they just can't ever quite dig it out. They finish one or two games back in the postseason, and you go, man, if only so-and-so was healthy all yeah, season or only sure. missed one or two games. This is incredible for them because, again, they can lose out until Breeze comes back and they're still in a good spot. Uh, given their situation. So this is the incredible value of having and investing in a bank quarterback, which is why they spent so much money to keep Teddy Bridgewater there. 
Uh, Kamara was hurt coming into this game. We expected him to split time with Latavius Murray. That's exactly what happened there. Uh, I don't, you know, if you looked at it and said, oh, Kamara had a bad game, uh, he was banged up. I, I, he was going to be out there, but you had to knew you, know you were going to get limited amounts from him. Michael Thomas is just going to get his every single week, apparently, no matter what. But uh, we'll see about next week because he has a tough matchup. But, uh, you know, he's in a really good good shape. They, they, they have the Bears next week, right? They do have the Bears in Chicago. In Chicago. That's tough. Yeah, not a great matchup for the Saints. Uh, but on the Jacksonville side of the football, uh, what did you like from a fantasy perspective? Fournette passing game. Love yeah. it. I love that they're using him more. And this is now like, like a four- or five-week trend. So it, this, is, this is a thing now. Uh, he is... You know, again, like I know you probably want him to get in the end zone, but like, like I said, touchdowns are fleeting. I want to talk to DJ Chark owners. This was the worst week possible. And this is right. I talked about this with a lot of people because this was the week everybody was going to start DJ Chark, and this was the week I knew he was going to have a bad game because Marshawn Lattimore is legit, and he was on him almost the entire game. Even at one, one, of, the, one of the interceptions, uh, actually the only interception Gardner Minshew I think has thrown this year was targeting DJ Chark and Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore caught the ball. 3 for 43, he is fine. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, next week. He started with confidence. This was just a bad matchup for him. That's really all I take away from this was just Fournette, you're starting every week. You knew that already. Don't panic if you're DJ Chark owner because I know a lot of people were like, I don't trust him, I don't trust him. No, two big weeks in a row, I'm going to play him this week, and this was the worst scenario for him. He wasn't in my top 30 wide receivers coming into the week for this reason. Pay attention to the matchups, people. They matter. Cornerbacks, you know there are trends. You watch them year in and year out. Those are things you have to pay attention to when you're looking at. And I, and I think sometimes this gets overrated because, like, the people that are like, well, he's Janoris Jenkins is on him. And I know I use I keep using that example because Janoris Jenkins is just good enough to be worthy at name value, but also not that I don't change my opinions about the receiver. Few. There's, there's very few. It's that. Marshawn Lattimore at the top of that list. It's Richard Sherman. You know, there's a few of those. Uh, Jalen Ramsey when he's in the lineup. Uh, you know, those guys that will shadow certain players that I worry about. Other yeah. guys, like you can, they're good, but you can beat them. They're beatable with yeah. that, with good, with good talent. They are beatable. Uh, the Ravens get a victory, twenty three seventeen. The other team that is in the tankathon is the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon owners, I'm sorry, I keep getting hit up about that. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. This team is bad. Uh, they should trade AJ Green, but they are saying they're not going to. Um, I don't understand that from a football perspective. I get coming out, but they've almost been like borderline like overly adamant that they're not going to do it and i and i i get that most of the time when we talk about nfl coaches are lying to you they do this all the time it's what their job is but almost the way it's been discussed is a little strange for me because they need to take this opportunity to move on from an older guy and get some draft capital because this team ain't winning anything anytime soon the difference it seems that aj green doesn't want to leave yeah the more the more he talks about the more he and i think he came out and had a you know, a comment about how, you know, this is no team's going to be as loyal to you as your draft team. I want to be here. And that's one where if he wants to be there, ownership's going to make sure he's there. Yeah, I think that decision comes from the very, very top of the organization and Mike Brown. Not the Mike Brown that CBS tried to show you because that wasn't who that was, uh, but <laughs> the actual owner uh, the of actual the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but yeah, I, I think he wants to be there for whatever reason. And again, look, I, I know sometimes we as fans, it's very easy for us to go, why does he want to go to a better team? Why does he want to do this? You know, sometimes you want to live where you want to live and you want you have a family and you want to be where you want to be. And sometimes think, okay, you know, so if you're sitting at home right now, I always use this example. I offer you a 10% pay raise to go to a company you like a little bit more maybe. But you have to move across the country. 
Are you willing to do that? And you might be saying, not for a 10% pay raise. Well, that's what a lot of these guys are thinking. Yeah. That I don't want to uproot my family, my life. My kids are in school. My, my friends that are here, my family that's here, my community. Maybe I like living there. Yeah, maybe you like living there. Your marketing stuff that you have going on. You might have a foundation yeah. set up. You have, to, you have a lot of roots. Those are the things that we don't always consider because we always look at oh, winning and money. And sometimes it feels like Andrew needs to get paid about the same matter where he goes. Yes. So at that point, it's about where does he want to live and where does he want to live his life. And sometimes you go... Yeah. You know, like in hockey, there's a player that was really good but thought might go somewhere else. He's on a bad team. But he's like, well, you know, I want to I live in Los Angeles. Yeah. I want to wake up on the beach every day. Don't blame you. So I'm going to sign a 10-year deal here even though we're teams on the downswing because this is where I've always been. I was drafted here and I want to live in L.A. Yeah, I get it. I know I Cincinnati's not L.A., but – that's the part I don't understand. If we're talking, but if he AJ, likes it, AJ, brother, if he likes it, you know, let's, let's get you somewhere. Different nicer. strokes for different folks. Yeah, you know, some I people want to live in the, some people want to live on the coast. Some people want to live in the middle of the country. Some yep. want to live in the north. Some want to live in the south. Whatever it is, but some like people those, are wrong. Some people are right. Very you true. Know, these are the, these very are the true. But <laughs> the thing is, is that you, those are considerations. And you know, if you're, you're someone that likes to live in in Cincinnati or wherever you might be in in your sports career. I think sometimes we always lose sight of that, that like yeah. these are not robots. They have to move their no, entire family about, and you're houses talk, you're and You're talking kids. about human beings, uh, and I know sometimes we lose sight of that. We talked about Lamar Jackson, uh, obviously, a lot moving forward. Jamie, are there any other fantasy takeaways from ravens Bengals? Uh, mostly that, I mean, I think Mixon is a low-end RB2 now going yeah. forward. Like, I, I don't... I have him as my RB20 next week as you start to deal with buys. He's not, listen, he's not going to be the guy you drafted him to be. It's just not going to happen. It's not even his, his fault. Not, it's not his fault. He's a good, he's a talented running back. He's injured. This offensive line isn't good, and this team's not good. The only other thing to note is that Auden Tate is still worth playing. He's mm-hmm. worth he's worth being in, a, especially in a two flex league. He's definitely worth being out there. Uh, he is being very productive now, and at least until AJ Green comes back, which will be who knows. I think the latest today was quote we'll see. So very insightful. All right, let's talk about this Browns team, Jamie. This next game, I am uh, two and four. The Browns now. I think that's yeah. Two and four going into the bye. Two and four going into the bye. They lose thirty-two to twenty-eight against the uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are now three and zero for the first time since nineteen eighty on the road. Okay, <sighs> never it hasn't happened under Pete Carroll. Uh, he was not there in nineteen eighty. Uh, for 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 what it's worth, there's been a lot of discussion about people in the MVP conversation. It's Russell. Wilson. It's Russell Wilson. So to further notice, it's Russell uh, Wilson. Patrick Mahomes, I love you, but you've lost two back-to-back home games. Yep. Not in the same category as Russell Wilson right now. Not don't have the same caliber of players. Uh, don't have the same caliber. It's not it's not close for me right now. Russell Wilson is playing. We have seen him play at an elite level. This is the best version of Russell mm-hmm. Wilson we have ever seen. And oh, by the way, they have a competent running back for the first time since Marshawn Lynch was there. And when was that team at their best offensively? Mm-hmm. When they could run the football, Jamie. Hello, haters. Hello. Hello. Three, three straight Chris Carson, Chris Carson show. Chris Carson's an elite running back. Yes. Period. A, End of story. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. you you have to understand how Pete Carroll does things. And and this is where he is going to play the player that he believes is best. Period. End of story. Does not care. No, he doesn't period. care where you drafted him. Is it how matter. much you paid Matt Flynn, the third round pick, he Good likes point. more. Good point. He doesn't care that you, you brought in Rashad. He's a he picked Rashad Penny in the first yeah, round. He doesn't care. Because Chris Carson was better. Like, he is going to play the best players on the field when he can. And, and that is what he has done. And Chris Carson has been successful every – I know we had those fumbling issues earlier. But he has been successful for over a year now when he's been given the rock. He is an elite RB – he's not an elite RB1. He's an RB1. But yeah. he's an elite option in the NFL. 
this is another team where I would love to see if they add another wide receiver. Like I know D- DK is really good, but he's still limited right now. He's yes. still a very limited on polished receiver. Somebody that in two or three years from now is going to be really good. Tyler Lockett is starting to become a lot better. He was a very one-dimensional wide receiver. He is starting to open up his route tree a lot more. And I'm really excited what I've seen. But I wish there was another option there now with Will Disley being hurt. Yes. And going to miss the rest of the season. We, I think they need somebody else there. They do need somebody else. That's, I think, going to take this team offensively to the next level. Because Will Disley has been a really good option for you. Uh, you're not going to replace him but of what the numbers no. that he's been putting up. It's going to be really tough. Nick um, Vinette's gone too. They put they put him in the trade to yeah. um on the waivers, Pittsburgh, right? yeah, it's it's just it's not going to be very good from a fantasy perspective to try and replace him. That'll be somebody we'll visit on Wednesday. Uh, some waiver options potentially yeah. on the in, on the tight end position. Nobody trades in the NFL. Yeah, but which sucks. Uh, I would love to see a guy like. I mean, I'm just trying to think of like potential trade options for teams that actually would move their guys. Like the Eagles are not going to move Goddard. They want to run those two those two set those two tight end sets. Maybe Vernon Davis. I would love Ooh, that. Ooh, interesting. Uh, you know, I would like that a lot. Put Vernon Davis in that offense. I know he's been he's been hurt right now, but put him in that offense. Get get those two revenge games against the Niners each year. Uh, but again, I just think like Russell Wilson has been a different quarterback when he's had that trusted tight end option for him. Uh, I would like to see him get that piece because I still think that offense is missing. Not not like San Francisco, which I think are missing probably two pieces, but they're missing just a little bit in that passing game, which I think would really help Russell Wilson a lot. All right, let's talk about the Browns. The two and four. Do we have to? Yeah, we have to. Two and four Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're on a bye, and then they have the Patriots coming up. Uh, the two and five Browns. The two and yeah, it's not. <laughs> it, it's ugly, right? They. Th- th- I want to go through this because yeah. in in twenty games, Baker's thrown twenty four picks. Okay. Um. He he. The Browns fans were throwing stuff on the field. I don't know if you watched the full game, but they had to stop the game because they hit a security guard. That is where this team is now. Okay. So. I didn't think they were going to be – I told everybody that I knew, take the under on their overall wins this yeah. year because they're not hitting that. Their expectations are moronic, and I know Freddie, and he's not going to be able to handle it, right? I did not foresee it being this bad. Uh, it's much worse than I thought it was going to be. I didn't anticipate Baker playing like this. Uh, I didn't think this line was going to be as bad as it was. Nick Chubb, from a fantasy perspective, really excellent. Good. Awesome. Uh, everybody else, Baker, top five – coming into the season not us i want to make sure everyone knows not us we did not tell you we did not tell you that but a lot of people had him there he's nowhere near that james so here's the thing with the browns and we talked about this This is why schedule matters too and it mattered a lot with the ravens and this is why we kind of try to look at the whole season the saving grace for the browns is that we knew the early part of their schedule was brutal yes and they were going to have to live up to their own stupid expectations in order to get through that the reality is things gonna get a lot easier for them later from, I'm going to read you this game, from both, especially from a fantasy perspective. So if you are, you know, an Odell Beckham Jr. owner or Jarvis Landry owner or Baker Mayfield, this is why I'm, I am not saying drop Baker Mayfield because here's the schedule we from week 11 on. Home against the Steelers, home against the Dolphins, at the Steelers, home against the Bengals, at Arizona, home against the Ravens, and then if you play week 17 at Cincinnati. Yeah, I like those. That is a very easy, those are, none of those defenses should scare you at all. Very that favorable. That is a very Good favorable point, schedule where... The reality is they are better. I mean, you could argue that the Ravens are a better team than them, but the, and I don't think the Steelers are a better team without Roethlisberger than them. So you should, in that stretch, should go. Let's say you split with the Steelers, you still should go one, two, three, four, at worst five and two in that stretch. Yeah, if you so, if you can hold it together. Yes, right? it, it's bad there right now. Uh, if you can hold it together, if Freddie can weather the storm enough to go, because there's three tough games still. You got the got the, at the Patriots. At the Broncos at Mile High, which yep. is always a tough place to play, and the Broncos are and home better. against the Bills, who are I think a playoff contender. You got to you got to get a victory there. 
You have to have you have to go one and two. You cannot lose all three of those games because otherwise it's going to be way too ugly there. Yes. Right. And, and I borderline say you got to try and push to be two and one. You got, yeah. No, you need to because if I have you going five and two toward the end, you got to at least get to two so you can get to nine wins because you're not going to get in at eight. No. You, gotta, you might get in at nine this year because I don't know if anybody's winning anything, but. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's uh, tough. I'm, but if you are a fantasy owner and uh, if you have Baker, I wouldn't drop him because a lot of people ask, should I drop Baker? No, because I think he could be, he should be a QB one definitively in your fantasy postseason. Yeah. Like that's a really strong schedule for the fantasy it is. postseason. It is. Oh, and by the way, I just want to mention now, there's only you only have to wait four more weeks for Kareem Hunt. Good. I'm just saying. Yeah, I actually picked. Up, I actually picked him up in one of my leagues. So I said I didn't want to draft him because I wasn't going to wait not ten weeks. Yeah. Now it's four. So now, all of a sudden, he's in that. If you think about the preseason where Golden Tate and those guys were, yeah. Now I think it's worthy if you have if you're not in bye week hell, if you're not in complete bye week hell. Now, next couple of weeks are probably the time where you should start considering it because now you're getting down to four or three weeks. He's going to be out there for, in week ten uh, against Buffalo. So That's not a great matchup right away, but again, toward the fantasy playoffs, look at the schedule when you have yeah, Arizona and Cincinnati and Baltimore's defense and the yeah, those Miami. Are good, those are really, really good matchups for Kareem Hunt and that, that offense. If they use him – again, give, if you give me – at that point, he'll be back a few weeks. If I get 12 – that's maybe it's asking a lot, but 12 Kareem Hunt touches against the Dolphins? Yes, please. You're playing that. Yeah. That, that might be already 2 territory. Yeah, sign me up for that. Uh, Vikings 38, Eagles 20. Listen, we told you – we talked about this at the top, right? We talked about Stephon Diggs. We're both – weathering the storm there, right? It, it's not – you're not going to get that performance. You're just not. It's not no. going to happen again because nobody's defense that this Vikings defense – they're not going to play the Eagles again, okay? It's not going to happen. But don't freak out about Dalvin Cook. Didn't have a great game. No, got in the end zone Cook, for you, though. He got in the end zone for you. Uh, other takeaways here, Jamie, mostly probably from the Eagles' perspective because we talked about the Vikings quite a bit. Yeah, I- Miles Sanders is being used a lot in the passing game, and I think that's where his fantasy value is going to lie for you. He's nothing more than a flex at the moment. Maybe at some point they'll they'll use him more, but they have used him a lot in the passing game in the last few weeks. This is not a this is not a, oh we three for eighty six and a touchdown or we had a one yard. No, this has been a trend. They are using him out there and they're splitting him out wide and trying to find ways to get him on the field. They don't have a lot of confidence in their wide receivers. They don't have confidence in Aguilar and Matt Collins. JJ Arcega Whiteside can't get on the field. Uh, Deshaun Jackson might be back this week, which will help immensely, but it's pretty much the Alshon Jeffrey show. Ertz is barely being used like he was last year. Like he's getting open on certain plays, but they're just not targeting him that often. He only has four catches in this game. Uh, it's a huge matchup coming up for them against yeah. on, on Sunday night football between, between the Eagles and, and the Cowboys. It's going to tell us a lot because I, both of these teams, neither of these teams look very good right now. No. Um, and they're the, they're the top two teams in this Somebody's got to win that division. Yeah, yeah somebody's got to win that division. And I'm not all that sure that either one of them look that much better or I have that much more confidence in them at this juncture. All right, Texans 31, Chiefs 24. First time since the first year of Andy Reid coaching that he lost back-to-back home games as a Chiefs head coach. Uh, Mahomes, obviously, back-to-back games you lose here. That injury maybe had something to do with it, but you get Tyreek Hill back. We talked about that. I think the big discussion here overall was you saw Mahomes versus Watson. And I would argue Watson, who doesn't have as good a head coach, okay, doesn't have as good a weapons around him, has good weapons that I like that are really showing out. But that offensive line has been a huge question mark for a long time. And Watson is really putting himself into that MVP conversation with the way that he's playing. He's playing very, very well. And if I'm the Houston Texans, 
I'm trying desperately to figure out how I make this team just that much better because he's he's unbelievable. They're both they're both unbelievable, right? Yes. They're both great guys. They're both top tier players. But when you saw him match up one v one at home, the better quarterback and the one that got the victory was Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and, and look, here's this is this was a weird game for me for Deshaun Watson. The fact that I thought he had a good game, but not as good a game as he should have. No, it's so weird because this is the game now everyone's talking about. Like he deserves MVP conversation, and he absolutely does. But it wasn't because of this game. No, it's because of the whole collective. It's the collective. Yeah, the collective. And, what he's done. So you far. know, it, it's it's fascinating to me because I, I really thought like. I don't know what if you're like a, a new Hopkins owner, like you're fine. He was fine, nine for fifty five. Like, but that's a weird line for him. Yeah, like nine for fifty five against the Chiefs defense. Like, what is he, Jameson Crowder now? Like, what is this? Uh, it, it, it's very strange. But you know, Carlos had a big game. He's been looking good. Duke Johnson was used a little bit more in the passing game at times. Finally caught a touchdown there. On the Kansas City side, I mean that that play to Tyree Kill on that free play where he just throws it up and Tyree Kill rips it down between two defenders for a touchdown is just ridiculous. But I want to call that fluky, but this happens every other week yeah, in Kansas City, so it's not really fluky. The the, the thing that Chiefs are, are, are having the issue with is, one, obviously their defense has been terrible, and it's been terrible for two years, and we know that, is that Mahomes has been good, but he hasn't been great, and the reason why is they have no running game. Yes. And yes, I understand you want to put the ball in your quarterback's hands because you have the best quarterback in the world right now, and I agree, and I understand that, but you have to have some semblance of a running game to do that. They ran the ball... Ten times in this game. Ten times. You're not going to win a lot of football games running the football. I don't care who you have as a quarterback. You're not going to win a lot of games. Like, trust me, I've seen it. When Aaron Rodgers does it, when Tom, when Tom Brady's forced to do it, these guys, they don't win football games because the best version of these quarterbacks that you see, go back and watch what happened in New England where they had a dual threat coming out of the backfield alongside great weapons. It's the best version of the offense. Yes. And that's going to be the same recipe for Mahomes even though he's super talented. Whether we want to admit it or not, this offense misses Kareem Hunt. Yes, it does. And it, it, it's been a different offense since Kareem Hunt got suspended. 100%. Deservedly so suspended, but it's been a different a different offense since then. Uh, they were able to make do last year with their guys, and they've been able to make do at times this year with LaShawn McCoy. But this is an offense that really needs to, to find a back in the draft. They really need to find a couple guys and go and really get somebody that they trust to hand the ball off to 15 times a game. Because if they can get true balance like they had last year, they, this is, again, a team that can win the Super Bowl. Right now, it's when they play other good teams and they say, and again, you were up 17-3 to in this game. Yeah. 17-3 to in the first quarter of this game. You, again, your defense was not great, but you should be able to establish the run a little bit more. You just Again, you have to know that you're going to have to choose some of this clock because your defense can't get off the field. I'm just telling you, though, the, the question coming into this season, right, is – are the Chiefs going to do enough that they're going to be able to inevitably beat a team like, I don't know, the Patriots, right? I'm telling you right now, this team cannot beat the New England Patriots. I don't think so. They're going to have to go on the road, as of, as it stands right now, to Foxborough. They don't have the running game to beat that team. Yeah. And that defense is nasty. And it's going to be a tough place to play. And that's the if – you're, if you are an AFC contender, your question to yourself at all moments of time until otherwise noted is – is this enough to beat the Patriots? And right now, it's not. Yep. It, it just isn't. And if you can't beat the Houston Texans at home, 
you sure as hell are not being the New England Patriots. Yeah, like again, I'm not off the Kansas City bandwagon, but no, they have a lot not, of they, they have a lot of things to work on, and I yes. think a lot of people wanted to anoint them that they were going to get all those undefeated teams. One hundred percent. What were the three undefeated teams at the one point? The Chief, the one that did not the Detroit ones, but the like Cow- Cowboys, Cowboys, Chiefs, and there was one other ones, and they think they've all lost every game yeah. since. Like it, it's it comes was, back down to earth quick. It does come back down to earth very very quick. All right, the Cardinals get a victory 34-33 against the Atlanta Falcons. We already talked really a lot about the Arizona side of the football. Uh, the Falcons are a bad football team. Uh, They're awful. That they, defense is awful. It's it's. I think we're the on Wednesday's show. I want to I want to really look at the next coaches that are going to get fired, and Dan Quinn's going to be towards the top of that list. I, I think, think he is the next coach fired. I, I this is with the amount of talent that is on the offensive side of the football. And being a defensive guru, okay, mind you, he came from Seattle. Yeah, guys. He's, he's the Legion That's, of Boom guy. He was the Legion of Boom guy. He came to Atlanta to bring what they didn't have. This team is bad and underachieving, and losing to the Cardinals is a bad loss. Uh, your thoughts here, Jamie, on the Atlanta Falcons and fantasy perspective? So, when your defense is very bad, people start to pick apart other flaws of your team. And people have been highly critical of Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan's played fine this year. He's yes, been Matt Ryan. He's had some bad interceptions, but that's Matt Ryan. Like, that's what he is. He's got throw... Matt Ryan was perfectly fine in most of these games. Matt Ryan drove you down the field to tie this game late, and your kicker missed the extra point. Listen, you scored 33 points in a football game, you should win a game. You should. But not, not in Atlanta, because they can't Especially on the road. Uh, look, Devontae Freeman's been a, has bounced back a lot. He's being used a lot. I mean, catches two touchdowns in this game, but they've been using him a lot more. So, sigh of relief for Devontae Freeman owners. You're finally starting to get a little bit more from him there. Austin Hooper is awesome. Like, I'm so mad at myself because I traded for Zach Ertz because I only yeah. had Austin Hooper at my tight end, and I was better off just keeping Austin Hooper. It's not uh, not not something I foresaw is the Ertz We've been waiting. And, uh, we've been waiting. All of everybody. I've been waiting for a while. It's, Austin it's, Hooper might be the number one tight end right now. Like, yeah. I think he might be over Kelsey at the moment. So, I mean, he's been he's been excellent. Julio Jones is 8 for 108. Calvin Ridley now get, gets in the end zone a couple good, good weeks back-to-back there. Surprisingly, so weak for Sanu. I thought this was going to be a big Sanu. I know. Week. I pl- I played him thinking he was going to have a good week, but but didn't get done what I thought he would get done in this in this matchup. But I mean, it is what it is. On, on the Cardinal side, we talked about a lot. David Johnson being used in the passing game a lot is is very valuable. He's slow. Yeah. Watch him and watch when Chase Edmonds gets carries in this game. It's yeah, it's remarkable. Can we different. talk about Chase Edmonds for a minute because yeah. he's being utilized a lot in this offense. Uh, not something that I foresaw having as much fantasy value, but. He's been a consistent piece for this Arizona offense so far. He's the better running back. Not the better player, but right now he's the better running back because David Johnson looks a step slow, but he is still a really strong weapon in the passing game. Yes, yes, he sure is. All right, the 49ers get a victory 20-7 to against the LA Rams. The Rams are in a bad place right now. Three in a row. Three losses in a row. This team does not look good. Uh, the 49ers keep on chugging along, right? This is a 5-0 and now. The San Francisco 49ers atop that division. The Seattle Seahawks right on their tail. But Just you, like the old days. Yeah, but you, listen, you <laughs> you envision this team. When we talked about this division going up, we had most people, Rams. I had the Seahawks winning the division. I thought they were going to be really good. Even I didn't predict this season from Russell Wilson. But the surprise has been how good this 49ers football team has been. And the Rams are now looking up at two teams and I don't think these two teams are going to stop. So this is bad news if you're an L.A. Rams fan. So this is interesting because this is the one where – see, you weren't on the show Friday because, I don't know, you were like, I don't know, play, you know, husking corn or something husking in Nebraska. Husking corn in Nebraska. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, your internet, your internet was bad. We tried. But I talked to Jake about this game, and I picked the Niners to win. And I said I bought in now. 
and this is again another one where I have to eat some crow because I was not buying into the 49ers hype None most of, of the offseason. None of us were. Uh, but I believe in it, and I think the biggest reason to me is that it's really two reasons. It's defense and the running game. And it's their defense is really playing strong. That front that front seven's been excellent. Richard Sherman looks like his old self again in covering guys on the outside. And the Kyle Shanahan running game is just really, really working strong. I know they have a great game on the ground here, but more often than not, they've had a big game. Tevin Coleman's an every-week starter at this point. Uh, I really like him a lot. Him and Breeder are both startable each week, but I think I'd rather have Coleman. I still don't know if Garoppolo is good. That's the weird That's thing. I have wh- no read on Garoppolo still. See, here's my thing with Garoppolo, though. He doesn't have a great set of weapons, and they're 5-0 and and getting it done. So my thing with him is I don't even want to be overly critical yet because I don't think he has a lot of options. And if they all of a sudden, right, let's let's see what it looks like when it's potentially Russell Wilson and Jimmy G coming down at the yeah. end, right? Yeah. I, I don't think it's close on who the better quarterback is, but what's the better football team, right? And who's like Kyle Shanahan is coaching his ass off in San Francisco. This defense looks great. The thing we all thought that this LA team was going to be more in this category. They don't look very good, and I, and I don't know that this is going to change anytime soon. No, and I think to me the big thing is that it's like I don't like Jared Goff looks like he's regressing on the LA side. Like it looks bad. Like I know, yeah. I mean, obviously this was about as bad as it's going to get with seventy-eight passing yards total in this game, but it's just even the games where I talk about this with you and Drake. Even the games where he has good games, he's leaving points on the field. Like it's he's not having the like the opportunity there for having a great game. He's having a really good game. Here's here's what I would say. We saw we saw the worst version of Jared Goff with Jeff Fisher, and we saw what I would say is the best version of Jared Goff in the first few weeks where they were unbelievable yeah, first last like year. Nine, ten yes, weeks. okay. Then defenses had the opportunity to figure it out a little bit more, right? They had, but they they saw what this offense was going to look like. They saw a little bit more of it. I think Jared Goff is who he is. He's somewhere in between. He's not that quarterback we saw the first couple weeks of last year, and he's not the quarterback we saw with Jeff Fisher. He's a good enough quarterback to start, but I don't think he's going to light the world on fire like he did at the beginning of last season. I don't think that that team's going to look like that anymore because I don't think Todd Gurley's ever going to play at that level yep. again. And I think that defenses have had, have the opportunity to refresh and re on, relook at this at this team as a total. And their division's really hard. They have two elite teams in their defense and Jared in their division. And Jared Goff might be the third best. We don't know what Jimmy G is yet, right? Yeah. We don't know what Jimmy G is yet, and Kyler Murray looks damn good. I'm not saying that team in totality is no, that, but but he looks really good. And and all of a sudden you start looking at this division and you're going, okay, where does Jared Goff fall here, right? It's and not it's good. it's not looking so good right now in LA. Uh, the Titans and the Broncos. The Broncos now two victories in a row. This team looks a lot better than what they did. I, I knew. Listen, we thought this team was going to be a lot better than they are. They're still not very good, yeah. but they, they, this is more of what I expected them to be this last couple of weeks. Um, I, I think they will end up shaking out and getting a few victories here. The Titans put up a big old fat zero. We talked about Mariota. We talked about this team going forward on that side of the football. Uh, what do you like from the Broncos' side, Jamie? Philip Lindsay's been running really hard the last couple of weeks. He looks really good right about after people start to heal up on him. Uh, he's been playing really well. Corlin Sutton is just going to be in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three borderline conversation. It looks like the rest of the season. Uh, Sanders got hurt in this game. Looks like it's not going to be too bad. He might be out there. They have a short week. Uh, they actually they, they host Kansas City this week, I believe. Yes, they do. Uh, on Thursday Night Football. So they have a short week. But really more of that, like Lindsey and Cortland Sutton are probably every week starters going forward. 
really not much on the Tennessee side. I mean, that, that team was just a disaster. I know Henry had a bad game, but you're starting him going forward. But you don't want really any other part of this Titans offense at all, period. No, especially since we don't know what they're going to do here from a quarterback perspective. All right, Jets get a victory 24-22 against the Dallas Cowboys. We talked a little bit about Sam Darnold at the beginning of this podcast. This offense looks completely different with Sam Darnold. We know that. We talked about their pieces. The other side of the football, though, the other side of the coin here, the Dallas Cowboys. They will start it off 3-0. They're now 3-3. They've lost three straight football games. They do not look very good. Uh, listen, they were overhyped. Three, they played three bad football teams. Okay, They played the New York Giants with Eli, not the Daniel Jones uh, New York Giants. They played the Eli Manning Giants and, and, and won that football game. They played the Washington Redskins, and they played the Miami Dolphins. Combined, that deserves about one and a half victories between those three football teams. They've now lost three straight games. They don't look very good. Uh, we talked about the NFC East. They're not this team. This division kind of sucks. Yeah, and, it really does. And the Eagles, it's their defensive side of the football. Uh, Dak, I, he plays competent teams, and he doesn't look very good. Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been as good as I expected him to look. Jamie, your thoughts on the Cowboys here? I have no idea what to make of this team. Let's it's, look. It's a tough evaluation. We obviously had a false picture when they played the first three games against nobodies, but there's still way more talent on this team than the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. There's no reason that you should have lost this game. The Jets' defense is nothing special. The Jets' offense is still nothing special. They're better with Darnold, but they're nothing special. Uh, it, it's just. I mean, it's not fair to compare what the Eagles did to the Jets to what the Cowboys did because it's a whole lot different having Luke Falk back versus Sam Darnold. Like, it's, it's night and day difference. But. Still, you, you start to wonder, like, I mean, Elliott had good final numbers in this game, but still averaged less than four yards a carry. Uh, look, they lost Cooper for most of this game. Uh, I get it, and that, that's going to have a major effect. Uh, you're already without Randall Cobb, but it's just, I don't know. It's like this team plays up and down to their opponents. Like, you start to remember, like, you go back, and, and again, I know Jake hates when I do this, but he's not here, so I'm going to do it. You go back to that Redskins game where they were losing. Yeah, they or, excuse like, me, the Miami game where they were losing yeah. for a period of time. They like, didn't play good against Washington either it, yeah. in the first half. I mean, so it's one of those things where you start to look at this in totality of how many actual good quarters have they put up on the field this year, and it's not that many. Uh, I still think this is a team that has the talent to win this division, and they should win this division. But if they continue to play like this, I don't know what you do. And by the way, I've been saying it all along. Uh, it seems to me at some point, I wonder if Jason Garrett took back more of this offense. You heard the comment from Tony Romo on the show that there's there's Jason Garrett's shadow or fingerprints or footprints, whatever he said, all over this team over right, this now. Team right now. That concerns me because this is an offense that was very that was capped for so many years and it looked different when Kellen Moore was calling the plays earlier in this game. I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's not the deal anymore, and we're starting to see that this offense regression in the meantime. We talked about the Jets a lot. There's really no other takeaways for them, but I don't know what to make of Dallas right now. Like they could win this division, they could be sitting at home in the postseason. I don't. I think both of them are equally likely. I don't think you have two playoff teams in this division. No, it, I I thought that going in. I thought that the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles were were both uh, teams that would eventually compete for potentially winning the NFC in general. Uh, Philadelphia's defense is way worse than I expected it to be, and Dallas is too all over the place. I, I don't know what this team is. I don't have an identity on this football team because they haven't beaten a good team. Yeah. They've beaten bad teams, and I need to see them beat a good team before I know what this team is. And I'm going to see that because they play the Eagles on Sunday night. The Eagles are not a great football team, but they're a good enough football team that I'm going to be able to get a read yep. on this team, right? And it's at home, and if Carson Wentz comes into Dallas and gets a huge victory against the Cowboys, it's going to be bad news for Dallas fans because Cowboy fans are going to be losing their minds, 
And oh, by the way, that whole Dak Prescott $40 million conversation is going to be over. It should it should have been over before it started, but should yeah. Should have taken $34 million, Dak. Yep. Should have looked at the schedule and gone, yep, I'm going to get my money now. Sometimes you bet on yourself and lose. It yeah. happened. It's, uh, and right now it's looking like it's trending to a lose there. Uh, a big loss there. All right, the Steelers get a victory 24-17. This is where I get to rant because the LA Chargers – I hate you. Like, I I don't know why. Like, I'm so mad at myself for buying into this football team because, one, for whatever reason, you guys always just suffer so many injuries. I don't have a reason. I don't have a recipe. I don't have some something, some background knowledge on the water you're serving at practice. I just know that you guys suffer more horrible injuries than any other team that I know. Didn't see Phillip Rivers not playing well this year. Like, he he hasn't looked great. Uh, Thought this team just overall was going to be better. And to say that they have the worst home field advantage in sports is an understatement. There were more people with terrible towels in that stadium than I've ever seen. Pittsburgh always travels well, let me be very clear. But that was horrendous. That's embarrassing. The ownership group should be should, – they should never have left San Diego. I know a lot of people have said that. But it, it just hasn't been pretty to watch. And the Chargers are bad, Jamie. We 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 – I wanted to believe in them. They lost to Detroit on the road, and I was like, listen, they're on the road. I can, Detroit's better, but I still want to buy in this team. And they lose, they just, they're not a good football team. They are not a good football team, and I don't know what to expect from them going forward. Uh, I guess the Raiders are going to compete with the Chiefs for the division <sighs> because that's where we are right now. Yeah, I just, I'm all the way off the Chargers bandwagon. Look, the Derwin James loss, we talked Huge, about how that was massive. probably the biggest loss for them. Their defense isn't the same, but their offense isn't playing well either. I mean, some of that's been disguised by the good number, like the raw numbers they're putting up when you're not looking at yards per attempt. Look, this was a bad game. This was a really this bad game. I mean, Eckler had a bad game. Melvin Gordon had a bad game. Keenan Allen had a bad game. It was just a bad game all around. And it just, you know, you don't want to overreact, but it's not like, this is not one bad loss. These are This is the thing the Chargers tend to do. Like, they went into Miami and were losing in the first half. Like, they were just like... No, they're not a good football they're team. They're just not, they're not a complete football team. They're just not. And this is not a team that's going to compete with anybody in the AFC the way they've been playing. The Steelers are starting a third-string quarterback, It's guys. something named Devlin Hodges, who like, I didn't know on. existed. This is a this is a horrendous Where was he quarterback loss. at Stanford? Where did he play? Yeah. Like, like I don't Sam, know. It's, it's like, terrible. This is an absolutely horrible loss. The only good thing that happened in this game was James Conner had a decent Yeah, game. he's been catching the ball a lot. And by the way, give a credit, Hunter Henry looked great. Yes, he did. After missing a lot of time. There were eight catches, two touchdowns in that game. Uh, Mike Williams is Mike Williams. I think that was five for 72 is kind of what you're going to get every week now. Uh, Steelers, yeah, I mean, James Conner is being used heavily in the passing game. you got to love that if you're a Conner owner. Benny Snell, 17 carries in this game. Very interesting to me. Hmm, 17 carries. So that might be somebody to kind of keep an eye on going forward. Because if he's going to get – I don't think he's going to get 17 carries every game. But if he's going to get 12, something something that's very interesting now because it's not like James Conner has been a pillar of health this year. Something to pay attention to as we move forward. All right, we're going to finish this podcast by previewing tonight's football game. The Lions are going on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are currently a four-point favorite at home. Uh, listen, if there's anything I know about these two football teams, the games they play are always entertaining. And for whatever reason, it's always close to the end, and then Aaron Rodgers does something heroic in nearly every game. On the road, at home, doesn't matter where it happens, these two teams always seem to kind of play that type of football game, and that's because this division always plays each other so tough. The Lions are a much better football team. We've talked about that than we expected them to be. 
Not a good enough football team, though, to go on the road to play Green Bay on Monday Night Football in primetime and get a victory. I think the Packers take care of business at home, but I do think it's a close game. I think the Lions cover that spread uh, because I think it's a three-point game here. I think it's a field goal game, and the Packers get a victory. Jamie? Uh, it, it's really close. Again, no Devontae Adams for this game, so you're, you're down that receiving option. The Lions know you want to run the ball, and they can try to stop the run a bit. I, I agree with you. I think this is an extremely close game. I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth on it. I think I'm going to lean toward the Packers here. Uh, and But, boy, it, it's really, really close. I'm going to think the Packers defense – I shouldn't say bounce back because they had a good week last week after bouncing back after two weeks ago. But I still don't fully believe in this Lions offense yet. I think Kerryon Johnson is going to have to have a huge game for them to win, and I just don't think that's going to happen against this Packers team right now. Uh, I if they if he this does this is gonna be an exciting game. Yeah, this is gonna be a good game. I think it's a lot better game than I think people are gonna give it credit for being. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I believe the one of the Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary games was against yes. Lions. I remember I was like on a plane to St. Louis or whatever when it happened, and uh, it, it's just craziness happens in this matchup. But I'm gonna lean with the Packers here. Yeah, I I think the Packers get a victory. The Lions cover the spread. It's a close game. If Devontae Adams was playing, I think this would be a much different game. But he is such a difference maker on this on this on this offense. Uh, but I like, obviously, you have, you have Geronimo Allison, you have some of these other pieces, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you have some of these other pieces going into this game. you got to like probably a couple of these matchups going in. Jamie, any parting thoughts on today's podcast? Really just that uh, it, it's you gotta, you're got to you really to the point of the year where you have to start paying very close attention and start – this is the point where you really have to kind of back off from what you were thinking in the preseason and start talking about what you have seen so far in the field. Everybody has played either five games or six games at this point. You have a big wealth of information at your disposal. You have to start coming off of maybe guys that you drafted higher than you should have or drafted lower than you should have and say, okay, who is being used? What are the consistent trends? And what are the trends that I'm watching? And like at this point, like, yeah, you spent a second or third round pick on Damian Williams, but he's a low-end RB2 or flex at best at this point. You know, maybe you spent the high pick on a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. You have to know that until the quarterback situation improves, there's really not much he can do. There's just you're playing a guy from Stanford. No, it, like, it's not. Yeah, it's not going to get. It, you know, but it doesn't mean he's not playable. You just have to adjust your expectations to it, and then make make your team around it, knowing that okay, maybe I have to play some more upside guys around a Juju Smith-Schuster or around a Damian Williams because they're not locks to be double-digit points every single week like they would be in normal situations. So you just have to kind of keep your lineup construction relative to that and start moving away from what you thought you were drafting on draft day. Uh, my parting thoughts on today's podcast are don't believe hype. Okay. Buy into what you've seen with your eyes consistently. Right. And that is that I'm looking around and I'm looking at a lot of these teams that people bought into without consistency, uh, specifically the Cleveland Browns. I, I just, this team is in a world of hurt at two and four the Pittsburgh Steelers are now tied with them in the division with a third-string quarterback. Okay, that is what we are talking about. At this, at the, both teams are two and four, and they have two matchups against each other remaining for the rest of the season. Baltimore Ravens at top of that division. Just don't believe the hype. There, it, it's you gotta you gotta see it more consistently uh, than than just a flash in the pan or some commercial telling you yep. that they're going to turn out the best. The best thing I saw on Twitter this weekend, if you don't follow at Tony Diggs on Twitter, you should uh, go look at what he put out. Uh, it's one of the funniest. I can't describe it to you. You just got to go, go look up yeah. Tony Diggs Browns and you will see the tweet that he put out this weekend. 
Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to check out Jamie's rankings that will be up on the draftnetwork.com. As he said, if you're a little insider tip on a Monday, I believe they're up. You got to go to the yep. fantasy tab to see them, but otherwise they will be out on social media on Tuesday morning. Good luck tonight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.